Okay, hi everybody. This is Women Worth and Weddings, and I am Amy Stefanik, one of the founders of Jujuli Events, and this is Julia, co-founder of Jujuli Events, and we are on episode number five. So excited, and we have some really fun topics to talk with you about, but first we're going to talk about our favorite topic, and that is our booze. So what are we drinking today? Okay, so today I wanted to do what my signature cocktail would be. I was to have a wedding, and it's Aperol Spritz. I love an Aperol Spritz. I love a reason to have an Aperol Spritz. Never made one before, so mm. cheers to that. It's yummy. It's good. Yeah. You have to be um, careful with the Aperol, because Aperol can make it a little uh, too, too tangy or t- tart or something anyways. but And you could possibly hear dogs barking on this episode, just like last episode, because Julia has dogs, and we record at her lovely kitchen table, so. Yeah, this is real life. Sorry, not sorry. are not having a good day. No. No, because we are here, and they are in the bedroom. So. And they are obsessed with you. Yes. So if they can't get to what we call you is Mimi, if they can't get to Mimi, then it's the end of the world. I mean, that's how everybody is. <laughs> like, can you just lay on your feet, but then knowing them, they'll... Hear random noise and like jump up barking or something. Yeah, knock everything over. Yeah. It's fine. Yeah, some toys in the bedroom right now. Perfect. Yeah. Well, what do we got? What do we got going today? Okay, so today we're going to talk about women's entrepreneurship. Yeah. Kind of our journey. And yep. So, I mean, I'll start. Yeah. So I, um, my journey's long, but because I'm old, but we, uh, when I married. My husband, Matt, uh, he was getting into entrepreneurship and getting into real estate. And so through our early relationship, we, um, you know, he was just starting his entrepreneurial journey and I was trying to work to kind of build his, help him build his empire. But over the years, just kind of seeing, you know, what he was doing and I always kind of had a thing in me knowing that I wanted to do something big or I felt like I was destined for something, you know, even as like a kid. And so just seeing him become an entrepreneur, I was like, that's amazing. When I first met him, he was like, I want to be an entrepreneur. And I'm like, I don't even know what that means. But then watching him create money out of thin air and like create businesses, I thought that was so amazing. And then once he became super successful in entrepreneurship, I decided that I wanted to start my own business and I did I dabbled in my own business was very successful um you know I I did really well with it but then when the real estate market crashed in 2008 we lost everything um three houses two cars I mean we just went from being super successful to really just having to start completely over so I gave up my business and we moved to North Carolina to Ramsor North Carolina don't worry no one knows where it's at and it's a dry yeah so we uh funny story is we were moving in and we um he was unpacking and he was like i'm gonna go and get some beer and i was like yeah sweet that's that, that perfect go get some beer and he came back and it's like looked like he hit a deer or something like his face he, i was like what is wrong with you and he was like we live in a dry county and i'm like i'm like that's so sad i'm like what does that even mean and so, anyways, it was, you know, one of the many horrible stories of Ramsor, but 
Then we moved around a couple times. He started a different um, entrepreneur endeavor, became super successful in that. And um, I worked in corporate America. I actually worked doing OSHA stuff and, you know, touring warehouses and doing all that, which is a complete different personality than I actually am. But it was still kind of fun because I got to live in a man's world and be, be badass. Yeah. Walk in with your heels and your your blazer and skirts and be like, you're gonna be fine. They think that you don't know any of the codes. I love hearing your OSHA stories. Just, I think it's just so fun. I've never been patted on the head more in that that um, season of my life and just being able to just really spout off codes and put them in their place was was very nice because you gotta think I was in my like what late 20s early 30s and the people that I was working with was in their 60s yeah. and so the, and the all men yeah I just like imagine like the application and like it's like a lot of just like older men that really don't think that I know what I'm talking about but I did Actually. yeah so that was fun um but then once you know I decided I wanted to no longer work in corporate America and drive a thousand miles a week because I had a territory where I covered all of the east coast so I would travel a ton I was always gone my kids were little and so I quit my job and then I started um you know just kind of raising the kids and helping Matt with his business and after a while um we you know, had some situations in our in our relationship, and when we came back to like a good place, I was like, "There's nothing out there in the industry at all for the entrepreneur spouse. Like nothing. No one preps the entrepreneur spouse for the journey that they have to be on. I mean, it's it's crazy. There's books and magazines and shows and all kinds of stuff for the entrepreneur, but absolutely nothing for the entrepreneur spouse, and they're living the journey too." And so are the kids. I mean, you grew up in an entrepreneur household, the, the highs and lows of, you know, having money and not having money and being stressed and seeing your parents, like, stressed. So we, um, I was like, well, I'm going to I'm gonna start something. So I started The Entrepreneur's Wife. I wrote a book called The Untold Story of the Entrepreneur's Wife and really just started sharing my journey of being an entrepreneur's wife, what that feels like, what that looks like the stress of it, and really just kind of coaching wives of entrepreneurs because the d divorce rate for entrepreneur families is extremely high. And it's because we don't have the tools to handle like the highs and lows. We're expected to ride a roller coaster that we don't know when's going to stop. And so we don't know, you know, how we're going to make it and that we're relying on someone to, you know, provide for the family, but in a sense of, you know, they may be failing and your first reaction is, you know, just get a job. But that's like putting gasoline and lighting them on fire. It's like the worst thing that you can say. And you don't know that unless you have someone that's kind of walking you through it. So did that for a while and just, I mean, slowly progressed into what I'm doing now. But I moved into this neighborhood and I was doing retreats and um, hosting retreats and traveling the country and all over the world, you know, just kind of talking to wives and entrepreneurs and women entrepreneurs. And I met someone that um, owned a wedding venue and she was having some issues with it. And so I asked her if she wanted me to help her. And I would, you know, I'm like, I can, I do events. I can help you do weddings. That's fine. 
And that was like my journey into the wedding industry because I started doing weddings. I started running the venue for her. And I was like, I love this. You know, this is great because I feel, I felt like, or I feel like everything that I went through leading up to weddings prepared me for doing weddings. So even as, I mean, even like the OSHA experience, like everything from, you know, being structured to having a love for women and having that love to like empower women to do whatever they want, being social and being able to stand up and like talk to people, all the little things that came into play that we do now in the wedding industry. And so um, it was, it was amazing. And so I did that for a couple of years, ran the venue and then Joya came back and started working with me and we decided to go on our own and now we are doing weddings all over the world. So I am the daughter of two entrepreneurs so obviously you know it's different to try to be an entrepreneur when you have two blue collar parents compared to two entrepreneur parents. It doesn't seem as scary and impossible because people don't realize like you can be an entrepreneur, you just have to put the work into it. But when you are raised by a blue collar family, it's just like, our people that have always worked nine to five, you know, um, it's just hard to feel like fearless. Like I can yeah. do this, I can make this happen. Um, but I was raised by two entrepreneurs. So getting out of high school, I didn't really know exactly what I wanted to do. I didn't want to waste money on college, not knowing what my degree was going to be. And so I tried a few different things. Um, esthetician, I went to school, got my esthetician license, did lashes, facials, everything like that. Um, then COVID happened, I lost my job. And then just during COVID, trying to figure out how I could work remotely and still make money. But it's kind of funny looking at it. I feel like estheticians and I would, became a, um insurance agent and both kind of entrepreneurship on its own. Mm -hmm. You're, you will only make as much money as you. I forgot about our insurance life. Yeah. Ugh. So, like, I was my own boss in a way for both because I would have to, even with facials, I was actively going out and trying to get people to book me. Yeah. It wasn't like the salon didn't have an esthetician before me, so I was like the one actively trying to get mm -hmm. clients. Mm -hmm. um, which that kind of broke me out of my bubble because I used to, I still, I don't hate talking to people with strangers anymore. But I was like paralyzed by the idea of having to go up to a stranger and how I'd have to ask people, a little side note, how I used to have to ask people if they wanted a facial was I would be like, they're getting their hair done. And I'd be like, do you want a hand massage? And they're like, sure. And I'm like here touching people and like rubbing up on their yep. arms and hands. And then COVID happened and they're like, you can't touch people anymore. And so that was the end of that journey. Also like the, um, environment just wasn't very good yeah unless you were like solo and you have your own like space i feel like that's when you're really happy but working in a salon environment can be kind of rough um then we tried the insurance thing and i just don't like math i don't <laughs> i'm like there's good money in this but you have to be careful because of how our heart is you don't like a lot of insurance agents are kind of like a little shady and that's just not who we are i mean i still like math yeah, I hate math. It was not our journey. It was not our journey. We, we tried it. it. We, yeah. We got our license. We, we were licensed. Yeah, and we like knew the information, but then it's like, okay, how do I actually help this person get out? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Like, <laughs> I have no idea. I'm like, oh, you're asking me? Oh. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that definitely was not our journey. And by that point, you were starting to get into weddings and like helping out with that venue. And I would come in to help you. I would drive. I was in Jacksonville, North Carolina for Marine Town. My husband's a Marine. And I would drive eight hours every weekend or almost every weekend to come help you because you're doing it solo for a little bit, which is crazy. I can't even. You were running the venue side and being a planner. Absolutely insane. I would go help you and I'd be like, how do you function without help? Like, this is insane. Like, yeah. you have to be a person that's like, okay, toilet's clogged, we need an extension cord, we need to cut the cake. Yeah. Like, that's just, it's too much for me to even comprehend. It was a lot. Um, but I knew when I got back home, I wanted to jump into it full time. I knew that it was just so fun, great experience. I definitely wanted to dive into that and see if that's something that we could make a career for. Um, moved back home after Nathan got out of the military and we just took off running. Yeah. Literally like the second that we put our full heart into being solo and going to other venues, it was just like, the universe was like, okay, let's do it. So I believe I'm believe strongly in manifestation manifestation. I believe that little woo woo for you, but I believe everything is energy. And I believe that you can manipulate the energy to, do what you want through like prayer and meditation and just plain out asking for what you want, um, being super specific when you pray for things. And so I, um, I remember standing on the beach with Julia. We went, um, yeah, we were walking on the beach and we were looking at all the beach houses and there are huge homes on the beach. And I said, Julia, one day you and I are going to be able to get one of these homes and we're going to be able to travel the world and we're going to stay on the beach like we did it we did it and this year we were in key west standing on the beach and i was like we did everything that we said we were going to do definitely full circle yeah yeah exactly (laughs) all the karma but it's i mean i think it's important i think that a lot of people don't um Realize that your words are so powerful and anything that you follow up with, I am, whatever that is, and can completely change your life. And so I, you know, I'm very careful about what I say that I'm going to do, what I say that I want. So I, you know, putting things into action like that, saying this is what we're going to do. And so now, you know, we are very, we are very specific in what we say that we want. Like when we never say, I wish, or I wish we could. It's like, yeah, we're going to do that. Yeah. And I try to teach that to my husband too. Like, I'm, he's always like, oh, I want this. I want that. I'm like, we're going to have it. Yeah. You just have to like click that mindset into not being an I wish or I wish I could. Just be like, yeah, when I do that. Yeah. Like, it's going to, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. And I also believe that if it doesn't, then there's a reason for it. Because there's a lot of things that I've really wanted in my life that didn't happen. And then down the road, I'm like, oh, thank goodness that didn't happen because I would be in a whole different place. But let me ask you some questions about being the child of an entrepreneur family. Um, so what is like your biggest memory or like a memory that stands out to you that you're like kind of you know, either not impressed is not the right word, but motivated or like it struck you as a child seeing your parents be an entrepreneur. Can you think of anything? Like the biggest thing is the fact that you guys were able to take us to Europe for a month and we spent, so I graduated from high school in 2018 
Um, and that summer, we spent all of July in Estonia, which is like off the Pacific Ocean, across from Finland. And we were taking business classes. It was a whole like mastermind. Um, there was a bunch of business classes. There was meditation classes. Just like a lot of like bettering yourself. Um, and it was just like I was eighteen, but I was. It was really cool that you guys were able to give us that experience. Yeah. That's a, like a once-in-a-lifetime experience. Not only, obviously, going to Europe, a lot of people don't do that, but staying there for a month and then being able to have access to these classes that were, a lot of it was about, you know. Spirituality. Spirituality, yeah. And like your business and how to like put things into action. Yeah. So it's definitely stuff that I still use today. Because you can be, you can be super business savvy, but disconnected from your spiritual side, and it can hinder you, um, your growth. And you know, we look at, or I look at, my husband looks at things in buckets. So you have four buckets. You have, you know, your personal life, your business life, your finances, and your like relationship, like your if you're married or whatever. And you have to fill all those buckets because if you don't, then you will feel like there's something missing. And so you know, it's really difficult to do. It's really hard to fill all your buckets, but going to Estonia and um, experiencing Mind Valley, um, we'll give a shout out to Mind Valley, experiencing Mind Valley and going through like the business side and marrying that with your spiritual side, manifestation, believing in what, you know, believing in the greatness in your life and seeing yourself, but also just like knowing who you are, you know, all those things that you yeah. learn. Um, yeah, I think the biggest like, class that I took there that like, stood out to me, I can still definitely remember vividly, it was manifesting. And so we were all like, all had our eyes closed and they were like walking us through how to like talk to our future self. And it was yeah. like our current self, they're like explaining us like rising up, and, like moving to our future self and like talking to our future self. And, like, yeah. Kind of manifesting where your future self's going to be. That kind of stood out to me. I, that's one class that really like, stood out to me. Um, there, there's a lot of really cool classes. Yeah, I had a class that was from a monk. Yeah, had all kinds of awesome stuff there. Yeah, very, um, very interesting time in our lives for sure. I think that uh, I think that putting your words into actions, like putting your your thoughts into words and your words into actions, is super important. Um, to kind of touch on what Julia was saying, and so. Uh, when you are going to have a baby and you know that you're going to have a baby, you, you put that, your, um, nursery together. Like you buy the furniture, you paint the walls, you do all the things. And so you have to kind of take that same philosophy and put it into things that you want. So we know that we want to eventually own a wedding venue. And so we want to put those things into action. So by doing that, I'm constantly looking for wedding venues for sale. Not that I can buy a wedding venue right now, but I'm letting God know or the universe or whatever you believe know that that's what I want and so we're actively putting these things together we we actively do things that we know could get us to that place when it's time so that if it does get presented to us that we're able to do it and so it's just those little things that you have to be very present in your life and very specific in what you want so and I also think when you're trying to become an entrepreneur and trying to grow your business you need to surround yourself with people with the same mindset and the same yeah hundred um, percent. They don't have to exactly be doing what you're doing, but people that at least understand, um, you know, compared to having a friend that is like a Debbie Downer and like doesn't have too much goals to a friend that's like. Did you say deadbeat downer? Debbie Downer. Oh, I thought you said deadbeat downer. I'm like, oh, that's it. I'm like, that's, oh, no, use that. Okay, stop being a deadbeat downer. No, no, no. <laughs> but 
married or a friend that is just as busy as me. Our schedules are crazy and we are just have so many goals in life and we're so excited for our futures. That's so much better than having a friend that just like must be nice or why don't you just get a real job? Like it's really hard to be your best self when the people around you are bringing you down. Yeah. And that as an entrepreneur, that could really come from people that surprise you like your family and close friends. So really just working on surrounding yourself with people that believe in you and that are doing something. Yeah. And like finding a community in your, um, your area. Like even yeah. like how we do style shoots and we love to connect with vendors in the wedding industry. And we like to ask them, you know, what's working for you? What's not working for you? How can we support you? Find people like that. Yeah. Area. Um, there's different groups on Facebook. There's different ways to connect. There's entrepreneur groups in different cities that they go and like mingle and connect. You just gotta find a good group that can support you and help you better yourself, give you some advice and stuff like that. Hundred percent. So let me ask you this: What is the worst memory that you have of having entrepreneur parents? I don't know. Though. There's one that I think is funny because it is a good memory to me, but I am very aware as an adult that it's not a good time period for you guys. Um, and we joke about this all the time because this was a meal that was like a $10 meal, but little Julia was like, this is my favorite meal. I'm so happy. And mom and dad are like, we are living in the ghetto right now. We are struggling to buy can of green beans for corn, some jiffy cornbread for a dollar. We had that sausage that you get yeah. for like $4, um, maybe some Kraft mac and cheese. And I'm like, little me was like two Second grade me was like, this is the shit. And then you guys were like, oh my God. And then also. We paid for this for change. Thank you very much. Also, uh, one of my snacks when I come home from school was Ritz cracker pizzas. Just like little Ritz crackers. Oh my gosh. I forgot of, about that. Yeah, dab of marinara with some like shredded cheese. Such a cheap snack. But I'm like, bon appetit. Like, <laughs> the best thing ever. I'm putting oh. it Watching my stepbrothers, he's making this nachos. I'm like, this is it, right? That's hilarious. Okay, so if you want to know that recipe, Ritz crackers, a dollop of pizza sauce or marinara sauce, shredded cheese, nuke it for like five seconds, game changer. Actually, really good. Yeah. Yeah, I was telling my brother in law about that the other day. I, as I was saying, explaining what the dish was to him, I was like, definitely poor person food. But that <laughs> was like amazing. It was so good. Like, Really just did our best I mean I remember when Julia was really little and I was I was a single mom for a minute um I she would I would make her a sandwich and I would cut the crust off of her sandwich and I would eat the crust and she would eat the sandwich and she was like she thought that that was like so special because we were sharing a sandwich and I'm like I didn't even get any peanut butter in my crust <laughs> but you guys did it so well it's the fact like we didn't even know growing up. It was just like, we're eating this now. Like, we're being fed. We're going to school. Like, we're not aware. We just think that our neighbors, like, hell are parties. We don't realize we live in a bad area. Yeah. Um, you know, you guys, <laughs> you guys yeah. protected us very well. Yeah, we tried. We tried. I'm like, they're definitely going to therapy when they get older. Um, I don't really have a bad memory of your entrepreneurship, really. I just, I remember, I know the lows because I'm an adult now and I can see where we were at. But to me, those were still really good years in my life. Yeah. Like, That's awesome. So what is the what last question for you? What is the one thing that I've taught you that you still carry through today? Um, two things that you and dad have always like kind of 
told us growing up that stick with me and actually are pet peeves when people don't have this mindset. Take responsibility for your own actions. It did not happen to you. You did it. Like, what did you do to cause this? It did not just like randomly fall off the wall. Like, what, what were you doing? And stuff like that. Like, this, take ownership basically. No matter what the situation is, if you have a part in it and things go wrong, like, own it. Don't just feel like, well, I didn't know. Yeah. And stuff like that. Ownership is huge to me. Big pet peeve when people don't take it. And also manifesting and talking differently and just having a positive way that you talk. We were talking yeah. earlier, like, not I wishes or must be nice. Don't ever say stuff like that. Just, like, know that if you are putting it out in the universe and you get there, you just, like, change the way you talk. Yeah. Like, I'm stupid. Yeah. Like, I'm this or I'm that. Talk negatively about yourself. Just be like, yeah. I'm badass, and I'm going to make that happen. Yeah. So really, like, the way people talk. Yeah. Julia, we watched a video for Julia's birthday, and she was singing. She was probably four years old, and she was like, her, the whole song was about, God made me a rock star. Yeah. Yeah. Not like serious songs. Yeah. But they're good enough for it to stick into me and my siblings' heads. Yes. If I start singing it, my brother would join in. Yeah. Exactly you know exactly what. It's a song that I wrote on a car trip to Atlanta when my dad refused to stop the food. And I was really hungry, so I started singing about food. And then it's like this whole song. I mentioned like quesadillas, hamburgers, mashed potatoes, onion rings, fried pickles. Like it's like a whole song, and it has a beat and everything. And I even like bring my brother into it at the end. So I'm like, you know, it sounds good, man. And he's like, what? A cheeseburger is like what I say. And so it's like this whole thing. But a mess. I've always been writing like random songs. Random songs. I'm a person that sings whatever I'm doing. Yeah. I can just sing about me going to Chick-fil-A. Yeah. Going to check yeah, it is, and this is true. She does sing everything to me. I do it. I do it. I. Yeah, it's we're good. Time yeah, it's chaos. it is complete chaos. We're lucky we get we anything done. What? Road, driveway. Pretty much getting chopped up today. That's what we say all the time. Yeah. Definitely getting chopped up. Mm-hmm. So what's next on the agenda? Okay. So we talked about our journeys. Let's talk about how we run our business a little bit. How um, we like to treat our team, you know, how we train our team to go and represent the company. You can call it the yeah. We, I mean, I believe that I, you know, we are, we are expanding um, in different cities and areas and I want to adopt the Chick-fil-A concept where if someone does a wedding with us here in Charlotte and they're in Nashville, they're getting the same experience. It's the same feel. And um, so we train our planners to do that. So we have a whole like philosophy that we train them on, checklists. They get, you know, we make sure that they're doing whatever we're doing, they're doing um, so that it, it is cohesive across the board for sure. But also we teach them that you are Julie. So everything that you do, not just to the couple, but also to other vendors and the guests and everybody, then it's, I mean, it reflects us. It reflects Julie and I. Also, like treating everyone like a human being. I think sometimes in the wedding industry, vendors want to make themselves look really good 
that they'll treat vendors horribly and then front front when couples come around. Yeah. And that's just not how it works. That's not possible. Like I want our team to treat everyone good. I want everyone to eat. I want everyone to have a freaking cupcake. I want everyone to get tipped and I want us to all walk away saying that's a good wedding. Yeah. And I do not want any vendors walking away being like, that was a hot mess express. Yeah. Or we don't like those wedding ven- or wedding planners or I hate working with those wedding planners. Heard horror stories. Horror stories. We're like, what do you mean? Like, why is that happening out there in the world? Like, there's, we heard a story of, there's this venue that I absolutely love their staff. Like, love them. Such sweet guys. Like, we hug them goodbye or, like, love them so much. And then we heard a story about a wedding planner screaming at them. I'm like, how can you look at their face and scream at them? Like, what? I don't know. Everyone like a human being. It takes a team to pull off a wedding, and we need to all work cohesively. For sure. It's not Absolutely. against everyone else. Right. It's not you running around the show. We're all working together. 100%. Yeah, I think we're very we're we're very uh, vendor focused um, in this industry because we do know that we do know that. Yeah. Yeah, it does help. It does help, and I suggest. And if you are a wedding planner, I do suggest volunteer at a venue and run the venue side for a weekend. See what that takes. It's a lot, and you just don't like. You can't just show up and be like, "This is what I want," and then leave. And then they're dealt with the aftermath of it. So I think that, you know, loving on your loving on the vendors, making sure that they understand your expectations is huge. And then taking care of them throughout the night. Put it in the timeline when they get to eat or at least tell them like, like communicate. Like we always tell our photographers, like, hey, go ahead when the wedding party gets called up, go ahead and get your food. Like you need to eat because you need to be ready for sunset photos. Like go ahead and eat. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times you've had someone be like, We get to eat? Yeah. Thank you. And I'm like, are you not eating at other weddings? That's not. leftover food. Like, why aren't you given the opportunity to like? Sometimes there's sometimes that. Our last wedding was people were going up for thirds before some people even got the first. That was. All right. Let's talk about that for a that second. That was on MC because they didn't call didn't table. Call tables and he just kind of let people do. It he so called table. He called the wedding party up. Immediate family, and then drop the ball on everybody else. Yeah, he waited too long because if you wait too long when you're calling tables, people are going to be like, "I'm just going to get up." And sometimes you just have a group where it's like, "What the hell?" I'm uh-huh. at table twenty. They're at one and two. I'm going up. I'm going up. But that's just like. I feel like I feel like so selfish. I feel like that every couple or every um, guest should get an etiquette like pamphlet before they go to. If you're invited to my wedding, here's a how-to on being. Yes. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> people don't understand how expensive it is to have a wedding, um, to pay for the food, to pay for the alcohol, to pay for each table that you need based off your headcount, to like down to everything. Like you're expensive. You're a guest, you're expensive. You're expensive. You it is a treat. When your table has a okay, so this wedding had hundred and sixty guests. They had enough food for hundred and sixty. How many people went through the line? 250 people, according to catering, went through the line, and they only had 160 headcount. So that means people like went... Catering had coming up to us, like, you might run out of food. Yeah. And all the tables hadn't gone through yet. All the tables hadn't gone through, and there were people with their third plate. Yeah, and we had the DJ make an announcement, like, reminder, we haven't caught all the tables, you know, you should not be coming up for your seconds or thirds, but he just didn't say it loud enough, and people also just didn't really care. 
Yeah, they didn't care. He really didn't try to like make it like get across because I feel like if he did, like if I took that mic, which I said I hate taking the mic, but at this point I might take the mic sometime soon. Now I'm Travis with this. Travis is amazing. He repeats things. He makes sure people are listening. But there's some DJs that are like, mm-hmm. and they're like, I'm scared of it. So, I'm like, mic. I yeah. should not be up for your third. Yeah, put that plate down. And if you're wondering who Travis is, he's with Famous Music Group, and he's amazing, and he's our go-to DJ. That's, that whole wedding, I was like, oh. see, I like how Travis does it. Yeah. He repeats things. He makes sure people hear. And sometimes they make an announcement, and they got the right, like, loudness to their voice, but people are just, like, too loud. Well, they're just and talking, like, and you got to repeat it like they're, like, they're children. Yeah. And then they're like, oh, was I supposed to? Eyes on me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the bus is leaving. <laughs> exactly. So... Well, how, what is, what is, um, what's the final thing that we're going to discuss today? Um, I think that kind of ending point on that topic is your effects on someone's whole day. Yeah. Like if you, you know, this goes into anything in your life, not just weddings. The effects that you leave on someone's day when you treat them poorly. Yeah. You know, like if you go through, like how you said the other day, you went through Starbucks' drive through line really early. 5.30 in the morning. What did you say to you? How did she, how was your reaction? She was like, hi, beautiful. What can I get you today? And I was like, oh, how did you know? <laughs> no, be kidding. But I was like, it made, it was a big deal. I was like, oh, immediately made me smile. And I was like, oh, she, and so when I got up to the window, she was so sweet and kind and so nice. And I, it could have gone completely differently if she would have been like, what can I get you? And like cut me off. I mean, we've all been through those lines where that's happened. And so just being mindful. I mean, I will tell myself I had a, a situation where I was going to pick up a cake for Julia's birthday and they did not make the cake and they were all just looking at me like, sorry, the cake got canceled. I'm like, well, why did they get can- I didn't cancel it. And so they were like, what do you want us to do? And I yelled at them. I said, fix it. Like really, really like total, um, total friend style when he's like, pivot, pivot, like that was me, like, fix it, and they're all, looking at you like, well, we don't have a cake for you, yeah, standing there like, excuse uh, me, well, like, what are they going to do, what's the, because we're a fixer, so like, okay, how are you going to fix it, yeah, yeah, like, can you, I know you're not, can't whip me up a cake, but is there like, bat, like, you know, bread back there or something you can put, anyway, yeah, so the lady, the lady came around the corner, came around to talk to me face to face, full hands up, like I come in peace, and I was like, I'm so sorry that I yelled at you. Like I felt, I did. I mean, I didn't. Honestly, I didn't feel bad in the moment, but I knew that it was because it was in the morning. I knew that that could totally spiral her entire day, and so I like ended up hugging her, which is a whole thing that we're all aware that Amy is a hugger. I end up hugging her and telling her, please don't let this ruin your, the rest of your day. But it's those things, like you have to be aware of that. Like your one little action can spiral someone and then they and in turn take it out on someone else. And it just is a butterfly effect. Yeah. And so just being conscious of your self and not living your life like yeah. everybody else is an extra in your movie. Yeah, right. That's a huge thing everyone should be in customer service at least once in their life. 100%. Because, you know, I was uh, one of the general, not general, I was one of the, like, shift managers, shift leaders at a coffee shop, and, like, the stuff that you deal with is just, like, beyond me. Like, yeah. Like, like, you need to understand, like, you're not, 
main character. Like yeah. People are too, doing their job. You're asking for things that are going to get them fired sometimes. Yeah. Like, you need to just like treat everyone like a human being. And, just like, do better. Just do like, I mean, just be nice. better. <laughs> just be nice. Well, they, you know, I dealt with a venue recently. Oh, yes. Please tell this story. It's horrible to vendors. Like, it's not our first experience for our team being there. Um, we're not allowing our team to be at a wedding there anymore after a fact, last experience. Mm-hmm. But they're super nice and they put on a front kind of in front of couples. But vendors are literally scared to be there. Yep. Like, they, like, drop their stuff off and run. Yeah. And, like, that's horrible. So horrible. I and wish I could say who made, you are. <laughs> she made the mistake of showing her true colors in front of our couple. And she basically pulled our couple inside to apologize to the couple, but told us, told them to not bring their planners inside. But they were just like, I'm sorry for treating your planners horribly. But they actively asked for us not to be in there for the apology. So it kind of shows, like, you're sorry that you got busted, exposed. exposed yeah. I'm not sorry for how you are treating yeah. And you got to understand, like, for any vendor, people talk. And this industry is, like, there's a lot of vendors out there, but we talk. We hear horror stories, horror stories and yeah. and everything. Or, like, oh, my gosh, that venue did what? Yeah. Tell me more. Like, people love sharing, sharing stories. Yeah. Like, they love it. So if you're treating people horribly, like, it's going to We're going to find out. We're going to find out. We're going to find out using water for your this is a this is a this is a thing. This is a Julia thing. <laughs> oh man! Like that just goes. Everyone, good. Yeah, treat everybody good. Should not be a reason. You should not be like hiding your true self. You should just like be a good person. Treat everyone good. Yeah. Don't be worried that your true color you're going to show in front of your in front of your clients. Very embarrassing that you showed your true colors, but. And it's rare that we will ban a venue, but we have. Yes, we have. We have, but this is the second time. Yeah. And it's very rare. We've been doing this for almost four years. Like yeah. It's like the first time. But yeah. we won't allow our team to go somewhere that they're treated horribly. Can't do it. Do it. I won't recommend it. Too much. Yep. We love our ven- vendors that we bring to each wedding too much to allow anyone to deal with that. Yep. It's horrible. For sure. Well, this, this, uh, the overall theme of this podcast is be a better human being. Mm-hmm. But anyways, well, I'm excited. If you want to follow us more, you can go to Julie Events forward slash follow. You can see everywhere that we're at, everywhere that you can follow us. We have a ton going on all the way from a DIY um, course where you can plan your own wedding with videos and all kinds of stuff to our other packages to our podcast which you can subscribe on youtube make sure that you subscribe like and comment on you know the foolishness and nonsense that are us yeah tell us uh, tell us your story a funny wedding story if you have one and also your favorite cocktail because you know we liked yeah yeah tell us about your favorite vendors if you got married and you have a great vendor experience share it with us because we want to promote good people yeah, so we do weddings all over so it's really awesome to get recommendations from places that we haven't been yet yeah we go there we're like oh 100 percent yeah we'll be in navarre florida this week so if you're in navarre florida or you are um in where, where, where we got asheville if you're florida asheville um south carolina north carolina 
pretty much any Florida's huge. East anywhere on the East Coast. If you're anywhere, comment, tell us. Yeah. If Hey West Coast. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I want to go to Big Sur. I'm putting that in the universe. Um anyway, so you guys follow, like, comment, and we will see you next time. Bye.